I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at RAINNetwork.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. My name is Emma Kami, and I will be your host today as we discuss recent security developments in Afghanistan and the start of the fighting season. Here with me today is Isaiah Galasse, a global security analyst at RAIN. Welcome, Isaiah. Hello, hello. Could you briefly explain recent security developments in Afghanistan, uh, particularly the Taliban's killing of two ISKP figures in February? Sure. So in late February, the Taliban spokesman announced the group had conducted two separate counterterrorism operations against Islamic State Khorasan province in prior weeks that had killed two key ISKP figures. Now, the first figure was ISKP's intelligence chief and tactician Qari Fateh, who was described as directly masterminding recent operations in Kabul. Uh, these operations reportedly included attacks in the latter part of 2022, targeting the Russian and Pakistani embassies in Afghanistan's capital. The other figure was senior ISKP leader Ajaz Ahmad Ahangar. He is believed to have been the first chief of Islamic State's regional affiliate in India. Uh, he was a key recruiter for Islamic State, particularly for the group's operations in Jammu and Kashmir, and had in January been designated an individual terrorist by the Indian government. Now, both of these deaths have been confirmed by Islamic State-aligned media sources, and the Taliban's killing of these two key ISKP figures is significant because the Taliban have largely struggled with combating ISKP ever since the Taliban took over the country in August 2021. Now, the Taliban have conducted a rather brutal counterterrorism campaign against ISKP, but that hasn't been enough to demonstrably stem ISKP's attacks, and particularly in the latter portion of 2022, uh, ISKP increasingly attacked high-profile and more heavily secured targets such as foreign embassies and foreign nationals in Afghanistan. So the Taliban's killing of these two senior ISKP figures was arguably among the first major counterterrorism successes of the Taliban. So does the Taliban's killing of these figures suggest that the Taliban is getting better at combating ISKP? Uh, so it's possible, but it's still early to confidently say. So for context, the Taliban's pledge to secure Afghanistan after taking over the country was one of its chief promises, both to Afghans as well as to the international community. Uh, ISKP's regular attacks have been conducted to weaken the Taliban's credibility in realizing these security guarantees and to disrupt the Taliban's foreign relations. Certainly, the Taliban's killing of these two senior ISKP figures is a positive development, particularly for regional countries that are especially concerned about the threat posed by ISKP. Uh, but ISKP, about a week later, proceeded to conduct a shooting attack in the western city of Herat, and then two separate attacks in the northern city of Mazar sharif just days apart, targeting the Taliban governor of Balkh province and then a press event attended by local journalists. So those attacks underline the challenges the Taliban continue to face in countering ISKP and the fact that despite the achievement of killing those two senior ISKP leaders in February, the Taliban likely need to have further successes and demonstrably some attacks to strengthen the confidence of Afghans, but even more so foreign countries. Is there any additional significance uh, to the recent attacks in Bokh province? Yes, certainly. So besides undermining the Taliban's credibility right after the Taliban's counterterrorism victory, uh, the attacks were among the first that ISKP conducted since January. 
Now, that's in line with Afghanistan's fighting season, where, among other things, harsh winter conditions uh, typically result in a lull in violence during the winter months. So for one thing, the attacks are significant for signaling the start of the country's fighting season and pretending uh, a resurgence of violence in the country. They were also conducted in a province bordering Uzbekistan. Now, Uzbekistan has largely taken a pragmatic stance towards the Taliban since the group's takeover of Afghanistan, and that pragmatic relationship has been based on security interests and the Taliban's pledge to constrain potential threats to Uzbekistan. Now, this was last tested in the spring and summer of 2022 when ISKP claimed it had conducted rocket attacks from northern Afghanistan targeting border regions in Uzbekistan. So while ISKP does maintain a presence in Balkh province and has conducted attacks particularly in Mazar sharif in the past, uh, any uptick in violent extremist activity in northern Afghanistan remains particularly alarming for Uzbekistan. So the potential for increased violence in northern Afghanistan is certainly something the Uzbek government uh, will be monitoring closely. Another notable issue is that the ISKP attack on the local press event targeted a Shi'i cultural center with links to Iran. Now, Iran has been frustrated with the Taliban's inability to protect Afghan Shi'is, so the most recent attack is likely to only further exacerbate those sentiments. And the attacks are also likely to worsen China's security concerns. So these concerns have intensified, particularly in the aftermath of ISKP's December attack on Chinese nationals at the Kabul Long'an Hotel. And ISKP has generally increased its anti-China rhetoric over the past year. And there was also an oil extraction project agreed upon in January between the Taliban and Xinjiang Central Asia Petroleum and Gas Company, which is supposed to take place in the northern provinces of Faryab, Saripol, and Zhaozhen. Uh, and these provinces are adjacent to Balkh, with Saripol and Zhaozhen directly bordering Balkh. So further attacks in Balkh or nearby provinces may delay implementation of that project. What are the other violent risks the Taliban faces as the fighting season begins? Yes, yeah, so to be clear, the primary threat remains ISKP, uh, which is currently focused on escalating its challenge to the Taliban, uh, particularly by disrupting the Taliban's relationship with foreign countries. Uh, ISKP only recently claimed responsibility for a March 27 suicide bombing near Afghanistan's foreign ministry in Kabul, which killed at least six people. Uh, that was the second attack conducted by the group near the foreign ministry this year, with the other having occurred in January. Uh, but otherwise, the other threat is posed by anti-Taliban resistance forces that are largely in the northeast. Uh, now, these forces have generally failed to obtain foreign support or better coordinate their activity, and so consequently they've remained a limited threat. Uh, but there were periods over the past year in which fighting between the Taliban and these forces uh, were, was intense and, and persistent enough to prompt the Taliban to funnel additional resources to that region and even at one point change the military commander charged with leading the Taliban's military response. Uh, now, recently, resistance forces have announced the beginning of their spring offensive, which portends increased violence uh, from these groups as well. Uh, but again, barring consistent and, and substantive foreign support, as well as better coordination of efforts among the various armed groups, uh, they are poised to remain a more geographically and confined uh, threat. Uh, thank you for that analysis, Isaiah. Learn how geopolitical events like this could affect your business with RAIN Intelligence Briefs. Our flagship risk intelligence products provide clients with access to the insights and analyses they need to make more informed decisions and drive better risk management outcomes. Sign up at rainnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emma Kami. Thanks for listening.